Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. I just want to spend some time just to really thank God. You know, as the year ends, I don't know about you, but I always love to just start taking stock of the year that has happened. And uh, sometimes, you, you know, when you begin to, you know, audit the months that has happened in the whole of 2018, Oh my, can you imagine in two weeks, it's no longer 2018, in two more weeks, it's 2019. Uh, and uh, when I look back at 2018, I can't help but give thanks to God. You know, I'm not sure how your year has been. You know, I pray that uh, you will also take stock because, you know, it's easy to go like, oh, I don't think this year was significant. But if you really start giving thanks to God bit by bit, you will realize that you have more things to give God thanks for, you know, than you have to, uh, to cry over. Uh, and, and I'm so thankful, you know. I, I'm so, so thankful for, for just church this year. And God's just grown our church from strength to strength and glory to glory. I'm so thankful that this year, our church, we got to baptize people. Amen. That was this year. Uh, around, I think, was it April? Around that time. And so, you know, really praise God that we got to baptize people. And, and I'm looking forward to doing it again next year. But really thank God that we got to baptize people. Some of you might be thinking, so what? This is the church. Baptism, isn't it part of your business? Well, we are a young church. And uh, we, we've just only been established for a couple of years. So it was our very first baptism. You know, and it's amazing. I thank God that this year, you know, our prayer meeting has grown. Of all meetings, our prayer meeting has grown. And I'm just so thankful to God that our church is, is young, is vibrant, and our church believes in prayer. You know, I really can't stop thanking God for that because recently God reminded me, do you know that, you know, X church is majority young? And I go like, well, praise God. Actually, it's a good thing. And God, God suddenly reminded me of a, 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 a venue I was at. Uh, in fact, it was one of our campsites and we have our uh, uh, Church getaways. Isn't that another thing to give God thanks for? Amen. Church getaway, this was so powerful. Uh, but I still remember one of the years before when we were checking out and the caretakers were coming back to get the keys and they were looking at our group. And even then, we were not as big as we were now, but we were definitely just as young. Amen. And uh, the person was saying, wow, there's so many young people. I go like, yeah, yeah, this is our church. And the person goes, what? You mean this is your church? I'd be like, yeah, our church is full of young people. And at first I was, you know, thinking like, well, no, why? Like, is, is there anything wrong? And they say that, no, 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 no. You know, in, in our church, we are praying for young people. In our church, we don't have young people. Having young people is something on our prayer list that we are crying out to God for, to see your church full of young people, vibrant, under the age of 25. Still, majority under the age of 25. We're having more people now passing the 25 threshold. Uh, but for now, you know, uh, uh, me and Pastor Cat are still one of the oldest people in church. And we're only, I know, Pastor Cat's only 33, and I'm 36. And so we're still young, vibrant, in love with Jesus. And sometimes you just got to take a step back and realize that, wow, God, what a privilege it is that our church is reaching young people. You know, there are some people crying out, God, where's the young people? And our church is impacting young lives. And that, that, that will go forward and do more for Jesus. You know, I'm just so thankful that church growth has happened, not just in London, but throughout all our locations. You know, I thank God for our churches in ex Bristol and ex Edinburgh. You know, and I've heard this said before. 
You know, the, the, the true measure of a church is not in its size. The true measure of a church is how much does it look like Jesus. And I'm just so thankful that we have great people in church and great leaders in church. You know, some of you uh, might or might not know this, but you know, we uh, have a church in Edinburgh and one of our church members, Ryan, I think we sent out a prayer request so everybody can pray for. Unfortunately, his dad uh, had been hit with a stroke and you know, he and the parents were so nervous that it would affect his studies that they actually delayed telling him the bad news. And so when he found out the bad news just this week, it happened on Sunday, the stroke, but he just found out on Tuesday, he was so distraught. And not only did he hear of the bad news in the midst of his exams, and he still had a paper on Friday, he didn't have money to fly home. The, fan, the, the family was financially a little bit tight. But I thank God, really, I thank God for amazing leaders like our church coordinator, Rachel. Even though she was a student, she, without blinking, she just went online and bought the next ticket home for Ryan. It was 800 pounds. Which one of your friends would spend 800 pounds for you just like that so that you can fly home and see your family? Maybe some of you, praise God. But I really thank God that we have an amazing coordinator, an amazing leader looking after the other church members in Edinburgh, even though herself is young, dynamic, a student, doesn't have much, but she gave by faith. I'm, I'm, I'm so proud, I'm so thankful, friends, that God has built our house and, and, and given us, blessed us with such great leaders. And not just that, you know, and so Ryan's already flying back, so I thank God for that. And uh, when we found out, you know, me and Pastor Sandra, we, we, uh, Pastor Kat chipped in. And um, not just that, we also had uh, amazing leaders. Uh, Tiong, you know, Tiong Shen from X Bristol. And some of you might or might not know this, uh, but uh, Tiong actually collapsed. He actually fainted while going to work on Thursday. You know, some of you know this, some of you might not know this, but uh, he was on, you know, those of you who were at a getaway, you know how crazy his schedule is. And yet he is found faithful in the house of God, serving him and serving other people. And so on his way to work, he's an auditor, he gets sent out to audit in the different towns. So he was staying at a hotel. Thank God he was staying at a hotel. He was walking down to check out. And he, he felt like, oh, my, I, was, I was feeling a bit lightheaded. So I, I rested you know, on the counter of the hotel reception. And the next thing I know, I opened my eyes and two paramedics were staring back at me. And so just like that, he fainted and, and you know, and while fainting, he, he twisted his ankle. He fell on his back, but thank God he already had a big auditor backpack on. So that cushioned his fall. Of course, it, it still, you know, uh, uh, caused his back to be a little bit sore, but at least it protected his head so there's no concussion. And, you know, even though there was, it was such a crazy day for him, uh, he still had to report to work. Wow, auditors, really, you know, I'm like, when I heard that, I'm like, man, I'm going to pray for you. You know, pray maybe the, in 2019, God will bless you for a new boss, amen. Uh, and uh, who's more understanding, not such a workaholic. And not only did he have to report for work, uh, a Thursday night itself was homes for Bristol. It was their Christmas homes. The last homes was 2018. Guess where Tiong was? He was there. 
he was there, you know, buying, I don't know, uh, <laughs> I asked him, I said, what do you guys do for Christmas homes? He said that we did a pot bless. And I say, what do you bring? I say, I bought, you know, uh, close to 80 hot wings. I'll be like, wow, you know, <laughs> they must be so happy to see you. And a lot of them were probably just happy to see Dong and the, and the plate of 80 hot wings from KFC, not realizing that this person paid the price. And not just that, Dong actually this morning uh, is in Edinburgh. Because when he found out that Ryan, the only guitarist for Edinburgh, was flying home, uh, what he did was he, he bought a ticket. Uh, so what he did was he followed us back from Bristol last night, uh, stayed and crashed at our place at the church hut for a couple of hours, woke up this morning uh, to catch a 5.20 a.m. bus to Stansted Airport to arrive there at 6.20 a.m. so that he could catch a 7.55 a.m. plane to Edinburgh and so that he arrives there this morning, praise God, he arrived there by like 9 a.m., and so that he could rush to service and play and lead worship for our church in Edinburgh for the 11 a.m. service. Why am I sharing this? You know, not only so that you can encourage Tiong and, and when the next time you see him, give him a hug and buy him a meal, you know, and, and, and what's that? What? And two meals, two meals. <laughs> Can't say two meals. I thought Kat was going to say, and girls, if you're single, no, consider him. No, I'm just joking. Uh, and... Why am I saying all this? Because this, this, I'm so blessed that he did it on his own initiative. I'm so blessed. I'm so thankful that these are the, these are the type of leaders that God is raising from our house. Leaders with such high caliber of leadership, servanthood, and, and, and being willing to sacrifice. Wow, I really thank God for what he is doing in our church. You know, in fact, I thank God for every single one of you you know, and the opportunity to do life together. I really thank God. You know, I really thank God. You know, like, and, and, and it's not just recent things. Looking back, the whole of this year, and in fact, the whole of last year and the previous years, there's so much things to be thankful for. Thank God for the opportunity to impact so many lives. Amen. And, and those of you who've been in church long enough, you know that around summer, it's always painful because you have to say goodbye. Uh, but even though it's a goodbye, it was, it's also a testimony unto God that we got to impact so many people. And so many people came, when they came to our church, they either didn't know Jesus or they were not on fire or they had backslidden. And we were so thankful that we were able to help them grow in their faith and help them grow to come to know Jesus more and more. You know, and when I look at Sam, I'm thankful for Sam. And uh, it wasn't until, you know, and it's a true story. Some of you might not know this because we're, we're a relatively young church. And until Sam came to study, uh, worship didn't really take off, if I can be honest. You know, we have people serving, and I thank God. That's another type of thank you, Jesus, you know. Even though you have no skills but yourself, praise God, you know, <laughs> that you give your three cards to Jesus. And that's a different type of glorifying God. You know, and don't get me wrong, I'm thankful for Lazarus and Marvin and Annie and I'm naming all these names that you don't have any idea who they are. I'm thankful for all their service unto Jesus. You know, but I'm also thankful that, that Sam, you know, when he joined Acts, you know, he not only served, but he helped to build our worship team and, and, and add strength and, 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 and involve more people and help it take off. And I'm so glad for when I look at Bass's life, Wow, you know, and it's almost felt like until Bess entered our church, there was no hospitality. 
you know, it's probably a lot of shopping by the pastors, you know. This week, you know, hospitality is courtesy of Mr. Sainsbury. And then next week, you know, Mark and Spencer, you know, <laughs> are in charge of hospitality, just making up names of church members. Yeah, who, who, you know, they're very rich church members, Mark and Spencer. Anyway, you know, until Bess joined, you know, she put in so much love and care in TLC. And, and making, you know, church such a warm and hospitable place, it's amazing. I really thank God. I really thank God for all of you. And I thank God for all of you who had faith uh, in us uh, when we were starting off as a, a small church. Now I think we can officially call ourselves a small church. Back then we were, I don't know, that we, there was another terminology altogether. We were smaller than small. But micro church, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. That wasn't what I was going for, but thank you. You know, I, I, I take any sort of response to my preaching, you know. Uh, a, a wrong response is better than no response. <laughs> Just joking, you know. God bless you, Justin. God bless you, yeah. But I thank God for those of you who stuck with us and who believed in us, who, you know, put your hands to the plow. I've got so many things to be thankful for. Now, the reason why I'm going through all this thank you, thank you, thank you is not just because I'm feeling nostalgic. It's not because, you know, it's the end of the year, uh, but because it ties in with today's message. If you're taking out notes, today's message is titled The Gratitude Attitude. And I want to teach you, church, that being thankful, having an attitude of gratitude, you know, just giving thanks to God for all the things that He has done in our lives not only makes us feel good. You know, just now, just even sharing all that, I've, I myself feel just so blessed. You know, just so blessed that, wow, this is the church that you are building, God. You know, amazing leaders rising up. You know, just young people on fire for Jesus. And it not only makes you feel good, but actually, uh, uh, the gratitude attitude is like a key. And it will help open different doors in your life. How many know, and I know I'm talking to a lot of intelligent people in church here, that you need keys to open doors? Duh. Of course, don't get technical. I mean, some of you might be thinking, Pastor, you need handles as well. Yes, yes, yes. And you say, and some of you might be thinking, Pastor, you need doors. Yes, yes. But just stick with me here. You know, we, attitude is a key to always opening some doors in your life. And as we wrap up the year, and I know we still got two more services, I just want to uh, share with us a message that I hope will help you believe God for the more in 2019. And I want to give you my three points in advance before we pray so you can help me to preach today. And I want to tell you that gratitude or the attitude of gratitude leads us to the plans of God. That's point number one. To the peace of God. That's point number two. And to the provisions of God. That's point number three. I made it all in peace for you. The plans of God, the peace of God, and the provisions of God. And I want to help prepare you as a church that when you enter in 2019, you enter in knowing what God's plans for you are, how to access God's peace as you go through the challenges. And every year there will be its own challenges. And it's, it's, challenges are not a bad thing. They are there to groom us. They are there to sharpen us. They are there to raise us up to the next level. But we need the peace of God to go through those challenges. And also the provision of God. Amen? Because we, we believe that God provides and God wants to bless. Let's pray. Father Lord, we thank you for your word. 
And right now, in a while, we're going to open through some scriptures. And we ask that as we read each scripture, the scriptures will come alive. It will jump out of the pages of the Bibles we're reading it from, out of the devices we're reading it from, and it will enter into our hearts and transform us from the inside out, God. Lord, today, we did not come here for more information. We came here for transformation. Lord, would you change us, Lord, so that we become more like you in every way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So I've got three points for you, like I mentioned earlier, and uh, we're going to have some scriptures to run us through them. So if you have a Bible, would you help me turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. And with this scripture, I want to help us to unpack how to access the plans of God, aka the will of God in your life. Now when it comes to the will of God, a lot of us, we have different definitions, different expectations. Now, I learned this. I used to think the will of God was just this final destination. But that's not the will of God. You know, sometimes praying for young people, you know, they will come up to me tearfully, Pastor, I just want to know the will of God in my life. And I was praying for them, God, would you speak to them, only to realize much later that what it meant was, God, can you please tell me who should I date? Because as far as they are concerned, that's, that's what the will of God means. Oh, the will of God is just my life partner. The will of God is my husband, my wife, and that's all it is. I don't care about anything else. I just want to know which one is the one. I want you to know that the will of God is so much more than the one. <laughs> the will of God is so much more than the final destination. The will of God is so much more than just the decisions in your life. The will of God is God's plan for your life. The will of God is God's assignment for your life. The will of God is God's agenda for your life. Let's take, for example, Jesus. What was the will of God for Jesus? To die on the cross, to take away the sin for all of mankind. But the will of God for Jesus was also to meet the Samaritan woman at the well. The will of God for Jesus was also to impact all the lives that he impact, heal all the people that he healed, cast out all the demons that he cast out, fed the 5,000, fed the 4,000. All those are contained in the will of God. What I want us to realize in the coming year is that God doesn't just have one thing in store for you in 2019. Amen. Isn't that something to give thanks to God for? That God doesn't have just have one thing. You know, God's plan for you is not just to graduate in 2019. Is to graduate and so much more. God's will for you in 2019 is not just to get that job, it's to get that job and so much more. God's will for you in 2019 is not just to travel, it's travel and so much more. Amen? And so, I want to help us to discover. So, you may be thinking, Pastor, if, if the will of God is so complex, so to speak, if the will of God is, 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 is so varied, how do I access? How do I navigate? How do I discover what God's plans for me are? Well, point number one, through thanksgiving. Let's read again the scripture. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. That's gratitude, friends. That's thanksgiving. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, there are two things to unpack here. The first thing is this. God is saying, having a thankful demeanor, having a heart full of gratitude, having an attitude of gratitude is God's will for you. In other words, this is something that you need to have in your life. 
This is God's plan. This is God's purpose. This is God's gift for you. You need to start giving thanks to God for everything. So that's one way to pack it. And so I pray that in 2019, you will start giving thanks to God a little bit more. And then maybe start giving thanks. You know, there are times, have you been there before, where you know, something happens and then you just, wow, you're suddenly reminded, you know, through a text message, wow, you've got some of the best parents in the world. Some, and I know, you know, some of you have that, right? Maybe some of you, 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 you get a text message from your mom. You know, I was just cleaning up your room and I miss you. And just right at that moment, that one text message makes you feel like, wow, I'm, I'm, my mom is so good. I'm so thankful. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and, and when you start doing that, you know, God is saying that, that that's, that's my will for you. But another way to look at it is also to say that, you know, how do you know what my plans are for you? It's the things that I've already placed in your life that you're thankful for. For example, one of the things that I'm absolutely thankful for, and it's, it's n- nothing new to all of you here in church, I'm so thankful for my wife. I'm so thankful that God has not just blessed me with a, 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 a good wife, but a great wife. And she's intelligent and so many times, you know, some of you might not know this, but, but Pastor Cat looks into so much of the administrative stuff, like making sure the bills are paid for church, making sure the church is legal, <laughs> that we have working visas, that we do not break rules and we file our taxes and we file our reports on time. Because that glorifies God as well. And so really, even though, you know, I, I love preaching, but if you just send me here without a wife called Pastor Cat, the church will fail. The church will be in trouble. The church will be borderline illegal. But thank God for my wife, who's not only a, a blessing to me, but it's a blessing to church. And so how do I know what God's will is for my life? What is God's assignment? So when I start going like this, wow, I'm so thankful, God. You know, through the normal, normal things in life. No, maybe I get a letter, you know, a very legal-looking letter, and I crack open it and go, I don't understand half of it because I'm no longer a practicing lawyer. And my wife understands 150% of it. I'm so thankful when I open that letter that I have a wife. But I'm also certainly reminded my wife is not just a blessing to me, it's God's will for me. Therefore, I need to be a good husband because if my wife is God's will for me, therefore, it's not something I want to take for granted. I want to be the best husband I can be to her. I want to lead her. I want to guide her. I want to protect her. I want to provide for her. I want to improve myself so that I continue to fulfill God's will for my life. When I look at our church, you know, it makes I am so thankful for every single one of your lives. I'm so thankful for church. And I still realize that, wow, ex-church, ex-London, ex-Bristol, ex-Edinburgh is God's will for me. Therefore, I, I owe it to God to be a better pastor, to be a better preacher, to, to be a better person, to care, to be more prayerful, to cover our church because I, the church that I'm so thankful for is God's will, God's assignment, God's purpose, God's blessing over my life. Some of you here, you're so thankful for your job. And praise God, especially thankful during the payday, isn't it? <laughs> when the pay comes in, you go there, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> But when you realize that, wow, thank you, Jesus, I've got money, that's God's will for you. And therefore, show up and be the best you you can be at your workplace. And be a good testimony, be a good witness at your office, at your company. Some of you here, your students, 
And do you know that it's such a blessing to be able to study here in the UK? And maybe you need to be reminded of that. It's a blessing. Not everyone can study in the UK. And I'm not sure. Don't, don't, don't get me started. Some of you might be thinking, but pastor, the UK wasn't my first choice. Well, it's God's will for you. Because now you have it to be thankful for. And once you start, thank you. Oh, actually, God, I know London's not perfect. It's a little bit noisy sometimes. The people are not the nicest. It rains too much. Not the cleanest city in the world, maybe. But God, I'm thankful that you've provided a roof over my head. I'm thankful that I have a new life here. I'm thankful that I have an opportunity to study here. And once you realize that it's not just some studies then, your degree is no longer something that you handle by yourself. It is God's assignment to you. Therefore, you need to do it according to God's way. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so, you know, how do you navigate? So through this, you begin to realize that, wow, everything I'm thankful for, my friendships, wow, I'm so thankful for that friend. I just met the person, but, you know, and I didn't tell her my birthday and she already baked me a cake. Wow, I'm so blessed. Well, maybe that friend is God's will for you. Now, clarification does not mean that that's God's will, a.k.a. the man or woman of destiny for you. I'm not saying that. But God's will, God's assignment for you to be a blessing. And if that person doesn't know Jesus, to be a good witness. Does it make sense? You know, so, so God has so much assignment for us. You know, and, I, the, and my desire is that you don't miss out on every single testimony, every single breakthrough, every single God moment in your life in the coming year? And how do you make sure you don't miss out on the God assignments in your life by being thankful? And when you start going like, actually, I'm, I'm so blessed uh, to, to have a house. So maybe this house can also be used for homes. God, I'm so thankful for a car. Maybe this car can be used to fetch two more people to church. God, I'm so thankful for my pay increment. But maybe my pay increment, God, is not just for me and the five extra holidays I can go, but my pay increment is to bless some people in need in church. Maybe some of you here, you start giving thanks to God. You're like, wow, God, you know, I, I'm so blessed with a great church. And so maybe it's not just for me to just go there and show up, but it's for me to be involved in and for me to, you know, uh, help it grow, not just for the church to grow me, but for me to step up now to help the church grow. Amen? So begin to give thanks to God and God will begin to show you His plans, His purposes, His assignments for your life. Because the worst thing in life is missing out on God's plan. You know, I'm not afraid to miss out. And I've told people before, if I never go to certain countries, I'm, I, I, it's fine. You know, I once told my friends, and my friend, one of my friends, his bucket list is to um, backpack in India. And I told my friend, if I never get to do it, that's okay. I'm not afraid. I don't think I'm missing out. Because my friend said, what? But India is one of the most beautiful places on earth. You're missing out. I told people before, if I never ever go to South America, the entire continent, and every country in it, including Argentina, Brazil, and Peru, and that's all I can name from South America... I don't think you're missing out. And some of you might be thinking, Pastor, you're crazy. But you see what, friends, I'm not afraid to miss out on bucket lists. I'm just afraid to miss out on the assignments of God. You see, I, 
certain things you can't afford to miss out. And I pray that in 2019, you don't miss every testimony that God has hidden away for you. Every opportunity to evangelize that God has blessed you with. Amen. Point number two. When you begin to have a gratitude attitude, you begin to access the peace of God. Friends, I want to tell you this. Stress is a real thing. And no matter what station in life you are, no matter how blessed or not blessed you are, there's always going to be one form of stress or the other. Some of us, we're single, so we're stressed out. God, where's my life partner? Some of you are married and you're still stressed. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Some people are married and they have no children and they're stressed out about that. Some people are married with children and they're stressed out about the children. You know what I'm saying? Stress follows you. When you don't have enough money, especially when you're a student, you're stressed out at the lack of finances. When you start working and you have more money, you're stressed out at the lack of time you have to spend those finances. Now that you go like, I've got the money, but I've got no time to spend it. Stress is something that follows you, but thank God for the peace of God. They can help us to maneuver through the cloud and the mist of life called stress. And so the peace of God is this amazing thing that, let me tell you what, let's turn to Scripture and I think Scripture spells it out the best. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, we have this very famous Scripture that all of us quote from time to time. Let's start at verse 7. And we always claim this, we always pray this, uh, we always bless people of this. We say this, brother, don't worry. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guide your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And praise God for that. That the peace of God works like that. You know, if you don't mind me using a very circular term, the peace of God is like a spiritual dopamine that comes on you and And no matter how much stress you're going through, it's really makes you feel like everything's going to be A-okay. You don't need to smoke it. You don't need to inject it. You just need to claim it and God releases it. The peace of God. But how do you release the peace of God? Well, I gave you the clue. Through an attitude of gratitude. In verse 6, it says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. A lot of us, when we read this, we read it too fast and we miss out on the thanksgiving part. And we think that it's about prayer. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be, no- be made known to God. And I've met people like that. I've met people who are like, oh, no, Pastor, I'm, I pray and I'm fasting. Have you met people who pray but they look so angry? <laughs> some of you laugh out to a lot because it's real you know you'd be like are you okay yeah I'm fine your face looks so stressed out what are you praying for I'm praying for healing <laughs> I'm like okay okay brother you want to sit down you know and, and, and we, I, I met people who, who who pray with so you know so much for, and it's, it's, it's great to pray with confidence don't get me wrong 
But it's more important to pray with thanksgiving. It says here, don't be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, but the key word here is with thanksgiving. In other words, when Jesus was, was trying to tell us this, with thanksgiving almost sounds like a uh, please. Does it make sense? Have you met a young kid before who comes up to you and, and, and you know, while our church, we don't have young children yet, uh, but maybe one day we will have ex-kids and uh, already we have some amazing people with a lot of years in children's ministry. So I always say, God, we're prepared. Just bring on the children uh, 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 by, any, well, by good means. Anyway, so... <laughs> I have to be careful now <laughs> when I preach on stage. Uh, but I used to remember in, in Malaysia, I used to uh, have a lot of you know, kids in church running around. And uh, this was when the whole smartphone was starting to come around. And, and for the first time, there were games on phones and cool games and all that. And um, this was some years ago. And I, by the time I tell you this app, you'll realize how old this, in, this incident happened. So I, was, I used to be very good at this game called Angry Birds. Okay, I'm very good. You have no idea how good I am. If there was a world championship for Angry Birds, I probably, confidently, would be able to say I can represent my home country. Now, I, I, I finished the original game. I didn't download the later variations of Angry Birds, uh, but the, the original Angry Birds. Every level, I completed it with three stars. And I wouldn't allow myself to move on to the next level until I completed that level and get all three stars, then I move on. So my goal was not just to knock down and kill the pigs, but to get three stars at every level. So anyway, so in church, the kids will always want to play because, you know, at a time, oh, pastor, can we, can we play? And I usually have kids running up to me and, and they always say this, pastor, game. You know, you know what I'm saying? They, they just stand in front of me and they just say two, two words. They don't, they don't say anything else. They go, pastor, and then they, they stretch out their hands towards me with an outstretched palm. They go like, pastor, game. Because they know that their moms wouldn't allow them to play on their phones. But, and then they go like, pastor, game. And I, I don't mind them, you know, because like, my, my record is you know, untouchable. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, but I will always say this. Can you say, please? And then I just remember one of the young kids, his name was Jaden, he'd be like, Pastor, game, please. <laughs> and it's the please that makes all the difference, isn't it? Yeah. Right? When we were young, that's what our parents taught us. Now, I want the book. You want the book? Say what? Say, please. And so this is God's way of saying, please. Yes, pray. I want to hear your heart's cry. I, I want to hear your problems. But can you do it with thanksgiving? What does it mean by to do it with thanksgiving? That means pray from a position of victory. And this is how you ought to pray. Don't pray going like, God, I don't know whether you can help me, God, but please. That's the wrong type of prayer. The right type of prayer is this, God, please help me. And I know that you can help me because God, you've conquered it all. God, if you can raise the dead, you can help me. God, if you can feed the 5,000, you can, you can help me. God, if, if you answered me before, you can answer me again. What's that? That's thanksgiving. That's praying and at the same time, giving thanks to God for everything that He has already done in your life and in the past. And God is saying that when you begin to approach prayer, a lot of us, we fast and pray. But we don't fast and pray with thanksgiving. And that's why the more we fast and pray, the angrier we get. 
And then when your friend walks in eating his lunch, you get angry and start casting out demons when your friends are just, I'm just eating lunch. But with thanksgiving friends. And then it says here that w- when that happens, before the miracle happens, before the provision hits you, what hits you first is the peace of God. And the way God taught me to explain to all of you in church is through online shopping. How many of you have bought something online before? Amen. One of the, one, another thing to be thankful for, isn't it? I see some hands, you know. Uh, a lot of us here, until we came to the UK, we never encountered this thing called Amazon. Before this, we only thought Amazon was a place in South America. But now Amazon is everywhere. <laughs> and, 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 and it's something to be thankful for. But one of the things I love about Amazon or any form of online shopping is that when you make the purchase, even though the purchase you know, hasn't arrived yet, it sends you a text. Right? Thank you for your purchase. It will be sent shortly. How many of you get excited receiving that text message? Come on, see it's your hand, right? Right? How many, when you really want something and then you get a, a, a text message from the courier service to say that the parcel has just left. Wow. The f- it hasn't arrived, but you're rejoicing. The parcel just left and you'll be like, ooh, hallelujah. That's the peace of God. Is he has a breakthrough come? No. But the peace of God is like that text message from God that says that it is done. Just, just hang in there. You know, and then that's the, the, the same feeling, the same dopamine hit you get when you receive a text message to say that your delivery is on the way. Especially when you're hungry. Oh, how many of you been there before? You order delivery, and then you'll be like, oh, where is it? It's raining. You don't want to go outside. And then suddenly it goes like, your takeaway is on the way. Wow, some of you start breaking down and start thanking Jesus on the spot. Now, has your food arrived? It hasn't. Are you still hungry? Yes, you are. But the very fact that that simple message gave you so much peace and assurance that it's a done deal, that's the peace of God. Are you believing God for a breakthrough? Yes, you are. So what does Thanksgiving do? Does Thanksgiving not only allows your prayers to be heard by God, but it also releases the peace of God. A spiritual text message from the Holy Spirit that says that, my son, it's on the way. It's on the way. Some of you here, you're praying for something. Can I teach you this? Start thanking God in advance for the testimony. And then the peace of God washes over you and you suddenly feel like it's on the way. It's on the way. The job is on the way. The provision is on the way. The graduation is on the way. The life partner is on the way. Amen. Point number three. The provisions of God. The gratitude attitude unlocks the door that leads to God's provision. Now, we all have needs in our lives. And God is good. And He wants to meet all those needs. And so, in a while, we don't go through some scriptures. And all of this are great miracles performed by Jesus. But I want you to pay attention. Before every great provision, it was always preceded by thanksgiving. And Jesus doesn't do anything by accident. He does it intentionally to teach us generations later that see, even Jesus was so thankful. Jesus himself, God in flesh, could have done it, but he still role modeled out what thanksgiving looked like for us to see, for us to observe, for us to follow after. 
So the first scripture, let's start with Matthew chapter 15, verse 36. Matthew 15, verse 36. Now, this, we all heard of the feeding of the 5,000, but this is the feeding of the 4,000. Uh, 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 less by 1,000, but equally supernatural. It wasn't five loaves, two fish. This time, it was seven loaves and the fish. Only one fish. I, you know, I don't know what, how big the fish was, but it was just seven loaves and the fish. And so Jesus took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks. What did he do? Gave thanks. And then broke them. And then gave to his disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitude. Now, if you read on, and this is homework, you realize that 4,000 people were fed that day, excluding the women and children. You know, so they were counting because different families, so they were counting the head of each family because there's just too many people to count. So if you add on, assuming that almost everyone that is married, you're talking about at least, and, and, and children, maybe they have, back then, people didn't just, didn't just have one child, usually have a few. And so you're talking about at least, possibly 8,000 people were fed that day by using seven loaves and the fish. What was the secret? Was it the seven loaves? No. Was it the fish? No. It was Jesus. But Jesus teaching us, yes, give thanks. Do you have a need in your life? Let's talk, let's be real. Let's talk about God's provision. When I think of feeding 4,000 people, I, I think of, I don't know, needs like financial provision. You know, sometimes, you know, to feed your own tummy, it feels like, God, oh, I need an increment. What more to feed 4,000 people? Some of us, we have families. You know, we struggle sometimes to put, you know, to feed all the children and, and Jesus fed 4,000 people. In other words, our take-home point is this. There is no provision that is too big for Jesus to supply. Let that be a promise that you claim for yourself, for your family. Because maybe it's not for you, but for your family. I still remember when uh, I was going to study in university, my mom had to sit down with me to have a very honest conversation. And he says that, actually, I know you're very excited to go overseas. I know you've done well for your grades. But to be honest, your dad's hit some hard times in his business and we're not sure whether we can afford your university fees. And to be honest, we only have enough to pay for the first half of your semester. And the university I went to allowed us to pay our tuition fees, uh, you know, half semester by half semester. And so my mom was just being very honest that we only have enough money to do half semester, but, but we still want you to go. We believe that God will provide. And right there, I wasn't working. I had no savings. But I know that whatever I had, I always gave generously to God. And so I went up to my room after my mom told me that. I got on my knees and prayed. I said, God, would you provide I say, I'm not sure, I, my dad doesn't even know you, so I know he doesn't give, but I know you and I've been giving to you, God. And then thank you that your word says that, you know, when, you, when we give towards you, we shall receive. And so right now, God, I'm not asking for financial provision for me because i got no means for you to financially provide. But God, would you, um, would you bless my father on behalf of my giving? I thank you, God, that you heard me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And long story short, God began to provide for my father, and not just for my father, for my siblings. And through the combined effort of my parents and my siblings, they were able to finance my studies. There's no provision that is too big for God. 
How do you unlock it? It doesn't matter whether you're working. You can even pray on behalf of your family. Maybe if some of you here, it's not you who is going through a financial difficulty. It's your parents. It's your friends. It's your relative. Or maybe it is you yourself. Friends, begin to give thanks to God and, and, and watch how God can unleash His provision. If God can feed 4,000, 8,000 people, He can feed you, friends. But, but not just that. Okay, let's move on to another scripture. You know, I'm going to bring us to another bigger miracle. So what's bigger than provision? How about the impossible? John chapter 11, verse 40 to 42. John 11, 40 to 42, you have this incident where a good friend of Jesus, his name is Lazarus, had fallen ill and he had passed away. And Jesus was on the way to raise him up from the dead. But along the way, because the will of God in his life, he stopped by to pray for other people, minister to other people. And so by the time he reached Lazarus's hometown, Lazarus was dead, dead. He'd been dead for a few days. But this is what Jesus said. Jesus said to her, Lazarus's sister, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Because they were crying and say, Jesus, if only you were here on time. And Jesus said, don't you know that whether I'm on time or I come after the deadline, I'm God. And there's nothing impossible for me. All deadlines bow to me. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Verse 42. Oh, and uh, oh, sorry, verse 43, if possible. So that it doesn't, we don't leave things at a cliffhanger. In other words, verse 43, Laura will load it in a while. It says, Lazarus, come forth. Don't worry, let's, let's wait for the text. Everyone having a good time in church? Yep. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so blessed. And I can't wait to read verse 40, 43. And now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. We'll pause here in verse 43 before we go uh, backwards. How many words did it take for Lazarus to be raised from the dead? Three. And, and three. And yet Jesus, we always remember the miracle as, wow, the resurrection of Lazarus. But Jesus only spent three words on the resurrection on, of Lazarus. But he spent a lot of time talking about giving thanks. What does it tell you? What was God's focus? What does God prioritize? We think God prioritizes the miracle. No, God prioritizes thanksgiving. Let's, let's go back to verse 41 and verse 42 again. It, what did Jesus say? And Jesus, it only to him three words. But Jesus said this, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. What is thanksgiving again? And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, why why did Jesus give thanks? Because of the people standing by. He was more interested in teaching the people standing by 
that their gratitude attitude can unlock supernatural doors in your life. Only three words, Lazarus come forth. But Jesus spent the bulk of his time there teaching about thanksgiving. He says, to, Father, I thank you that you've heard me loud and clear. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Jesus is saying that, friends, it's about thanksgiving. The focus is not on raising the dead. It's about giving thanks to God who raises the dead. A lot of us, we fail because we focus so much on the blessing, not the blesser. Not realizing that it is God who blesses us. And we need to focus our thanksgiving not towards the final product, but towards God, the one who makes all of it happen. Maybe this is a bonus point for us as well. Maybe God is trying to say to us that by your lifestyle of thanksgiving, the people around you will know that you have been sent by God. How do you reach your friends around you? Maybe you're going to switch your lingo and let there be more thanksgiving in your life. Some of your friends you know, only know you as the complainer. Oh, I hope that's not the case. I hope that after a while people realize that but there's something about you. There's this joy about you. You're always thankful. Even when we find there's, feel like there's nothing to thank, you're always thankful. You're always thankful. And, and you begin to, and then when people begin to ask you, What's, why do you always thank God? Because there is a God. And so, what is this? God is saying that, look, there's nothing impossible. The dead can be brought back to life. What's the secret? Thanksgiving. Come on, so start operating like that. Start having a spirit. Start having an attitude of gratitude and begin to say, God, in 2019, God, I, I'm believing you for some breakthroughs and some of them feel impossible, as impossible as the dead coming back to life. But God, I thank God that if you can raise Lazarus from the dead, you can do anything, God. What was the secret again? Feeding the 4,000, first step, giving thanks. Raising the dead, first step, giving thanks. Let's go to one more scripture before we wrap our time here together. And this is a scripture all of us are familiar with. This is Jesus taking the Last Supper, the communion with His disciples. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 27. Matthew 26, 27. And because of time, I'm going to just go straight to the chase. It says this, Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. Of all the things that the people wrote down about Jesus' teaching, you notice that they didn't leave out, give thanks. When we think of the Lord's Supper, we think of Jesus' sacrifice, Jesus' compassion, even though Judas was there, but he still had a last supper with him. Can you imagine that? You know, if you were to fly home forever and ever uh, tomorrow, and tonight would be your last night in the UK, you would only have a meal with your closest friends, right? You wouldn't invite a hater. You only bring your best friend, right? Your, your, your closest housemate, not even all your housemates. Come on, let's be real your best friend. But Jesus brought everyone, including the person who was about to betray Him. And yet, He gave thanks. And we all know where this led to. This led to Jesus' death on the cross and His resurrection. But more than that, salvation. So, what am I trying to say? The biggest miracle 
of all, salvation by Jesus Christ. By His blood, we are all saved. That is the biggest miracle. And then probably second biggest, the raising of the dead, raising Lazarus from the dead. That's a big deal. And what was after that? The, the, the supernatural multiplication of seven loaves, or even five loaves, two fish to feed 5,000, 4,000 people. In other words, church, I feel that God is trying to say to us, no matter the size of the miracle, whatever you need, whether you need salvation, whether you need a supernatural provision, whether you need a financial provision, God can supply it. But before every big miracle comes thanksgiving, not after. You see, that's the way the world operates. We give thanks after the miracle, after the testimony, but that's not faith. That's called reaction. If you don't give thanks after something good has happened to you, there's something wrong with you. You know, if, if I give you a million bucks and you go like, what do I do with this? There's something wrong with you. But if I give you a million bucks and you go like, thank you, pastor, that's only normal. That's called reaction. There's nothing special about it. Faith is thanking God in advance. Faith is trusting God in advance. And that advance comes with thanksgiving as well. So friends, no matter what 2019 holds, and I, I, I hope that you are already starting to pray and to prepare yourself for the new year. But I pray that you will not leave out gratitude. And as you write down the desires, your plans, your hope, your vision for the new year, don't leave out gratitude. As you write down the grades you want to receive next year, the job you're dreaming of next year, start thanking God in advance for it. Amen? Start thanking God. And through thanking God, God will begin to reveal His will, His assignments, the people that He placed in your life for you to impact, the people He has placed in your life to bless. Amen? And last but not least, no matter what stress 2019 will bring, understand this, that when you present your request before God, present it with thanksgiving. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guide your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord. Lord, that your word equips us. Your word helps us to grow. And God, I thank you that your word also says that you come here to give us life and life to the full. And God, I thank you that, Lord, in the coming season, you have in store for us your plans, your will. God, I'm thankful that you're not keeping 2019 a mystery. But Lord, you're telling us already, you can already start accessing the plans that God has for you now by giving thanks. And when you begin to give thanks for the job that you have, begin to give thanks for the relationships that you have, begin to give thanks for the provision that you have, you begin to realize that each one of them is not just a gift from God, it's not just a random occurrence, but it's an assignment from God for us to be good stewards of. And God, I pray that you help us, Lord, to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving so that in 2019, we will not be stressed out. But God, we will depend on you and wait on you and trust in you. And last but not least, God, I pray also, God, and I believe without a shadow of doubt that you are our great provider. And that provision is not accessed just by faith or just by prayer or just by fasting 
but it's also accessed by thanksgiving, God. Lord, help us. And just like Jesus said, Lord, I know that you always hear me and I thank you that you always hear me. But I'm saying this for the benefit of those people around us. Church, may we live a lifestyle of gratitude so that the people around us, especially our friends who have yet to come to know Jesus, can begin to see the difference in our lives and begin to be curious and wonder for themselves who is this Jesus and how come there's just so much peace coming out from Him. I need this peace. I need this Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, Thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.